0: Hi, my name is Brooke Archer, a qualified clinical nutritionist and naturopath who's passionate about showing people how they can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Through my business, Evolved Nutrition and Naturopathy, I've helped hundreds of women, men and children listen to their bodies and elevate their health. Join me and my expert guests as we share all there is to know to evolve your health and live your best life. So get comfortable and get ready to learn. This is the Evolved Health Podcast. Hello and welcome to this the fourth episode of the Evolved Health Podcast. I'm your host Brooke Archer and today I've got a question that I'm going to pose to you. Is your emotional eating stopping you from reaching your health goals? When I use the term emotional eating, many of you might imagine a scene from a movie when the main character is broken up with their boyfriend or girlfriend and with tears streaming down their face, proceeds to take a spoon and drown their sorrows in ice cream straight from the tub, right? We've all seen it. We see the character as being extremely emotional and turning to food to make them feel better about the situation or themselves. Yet emotional eating doesn't have to be so dramatic. Today, I'm going to be speaking to you about emotional eating. Emotional eating is described as a practice of finding comfort in food. And it's very common. It's the tendency to eat, even when you're not physically hungry, as a response to stressful, unhappy, difficult or negative feelings or emotions. Foods that are usually craved with emotional eating are typically high-carbohydrate or high-calorie foods with minimal to no nutritional value. Sufferers of emotional eating will reach for these foods to soothe or suppress their feelings several or more times a week. I'd actually say several or more times per day, rather. Emotional eating can be experienced by all people, so it's not more common depending on age or gender, etc., though it's widely believed that women will be more likely to experience it. Emotional eating may be due to work or financial stress, relationship struggles, divorce, health issues, the loss of a loved one, loneliness, boredom, fatigue, or other mental health conditions such as anxiety or depression. Not all emotional eating is linked with negative feelings though. Some positive situations can promote emotional eating too. Think of the old adage, oh, you've put a little weight on, that's just because you're in love. Uh, What? (laughs) Those big family feasts, perhaps, or romantic dinners out, can also be what initiates emotional eating patterns in a positive way. We often learn emotional eating habits young. Our current society is terrible at rewarding children with food for achievements, or offering sweet treats to keep them quiet and, dare I say it, to comfort them. For generations now, these behaviours have been passed down from our parents, showing us similar habits. My own mother used to have a chocolate drawer in the refrigerator. Yep, she'd fill one of the vegetable crisper drawers with small single-serve chocolates, apparently for the grandkids. But any time they'd visit, they'd be offered one. Or if one of her own kids had something going on, we'd be offered a chocolate too. (laughs) Like it would magically make it all better. I also remember things like going to the supermarket shopping with mum when I was young. And being told that if we were well behaved, we get to choose a chocolate bar at the cashier. Now, don't get me wrong, my mum was great and we always had vegetables on our plates too but one of the running family jokes was for her to say now make sure you eat all your dinner or there's no bomalaska and for those of you that are wondering what on earth is bomalaska it's a dessert that is frozen ice cream and cake covered in a layer of torched or toasted meringue And I don't even think we ever actually got this fancy dessert, to be truthful with you. But it was her way of saying that if you don't finish dinner, then there's no dessert. Early on in my own parenting journey, I found myself using the same line with my kids. I mean, we hardly have dessert anyway, but this is a learned behaviour of promoting emotional eating and overeating. That we need to change and unlearn i am no different to anyone else here emotional eating is highly common in the past i have found myself comforting my feelings with certain foods after a death or loss and when i'm highly stressed i've even experienced the positive side of it for large celebratory holidays, i found myself following family traditions and cooking enough food to feed a small army and trying to encourage the family to eat, keep eating. Please keep eating so it wouldn't go to waste. So many of you at some point in your lives have experienced emotional eating. To what degree and how it's serving you, they are what you really want to check in with yourself. What do I mean by that? So are you doing things like reaching for that block of chocolate every night because of how tough your day's been or that you know rewarding yourself because you managed to keep the kids alive all day Um, but it didn't make you feel any different. Like your hunger levels are unchanged. In fact you probably weren't even hungry to begin with Or are you reaching for that tub of ice cream, like our movie lead role, with no measure of what's enough? Or are you mindlessly reaching for another biscuit, another handful of chips, cut yourself another wedge of cheese for your cracker, because no one can truly understand how you are feeling, and that mouthful briefly brings you some pleasure? Do you feel guilty about what you've eaten afterwards and find yourself hiding wrappers? Are you disappointed because you thought for sure that bag of something yummy came with a magical promise that you'd feel less stressed after eating it? You've used words possibly, most likely in your head, when you're talking about food. Just this once, but it's never just that once is it? Eating is often the one thing in our lives that we can feel we have control of. When the other stresses of the world stir our emotions and we turn to food we can think well at least it's not alcohol or drugs or I'll know when I've had enough but just like any other substance food can be misused. And later, when you're holding your stomach, nauseous because you've missed the cues to quit, we clearly aren't in control. Our emotions are. For many, our emotions can feel like a hole or void. And eating is a way to fill that void. Understanding what drives your emotional eating is essential. If you are not addressing the cause of your emotions, then emotional eating can keep repeating and repeating and repeating. This makes you feel frustrated, like a failure, and that you have no willpower. Emotional eating can run a very fine line with, or develop into, disordered eating. So you have to address that underlying issue. If there is something causing you stress, evaluate how you can manage it differently get some professional help to change your work conditions to reassess your finances to get help with a relationship to improve your own relationship with yourself whatever it might be it's not easy it can be something that we have to constantly work on especially if what stirs our emotions isn't going away anytime soon. But you can take back control. I want to give you some practical tips now on what you can do if you find yourself emotionally eating. So first up, seek social support. Talk to your family, your friends, a support network or a hotline. Even seek professional help. Next, find other ways to manage your stress or emotions. Maybe something like physical activity or a new hobby, a relaxing bath or even meditation. You can start a food journal. Record what you eat, any emotions that you are feeling, how it made you feel afterwards. And then reflect on whether it actually solved the problem for you. The answer is likely going to be no. But it's about really analysing what you're eating, how it's making your body feel. Next, remove the temptations. So here it's making a suggestion to clean out the foods that you'd reach for if you were to emotionally eat. And even things like avoiding the junk food aisles at the supermarkets or opting to go somewhere where they don't have chocolate bars on the end of each aisle. Eat a variety of nutrients is the next one. So increasing your protein and good fat sources will help you feel fuller for longer. Making sure that you're eating enough nutritious foods at meal times ...rich in the essential vitamins and minerals that your body requires... ...can actually deal with any deficiencies that you might have that can lead to emotional eating. Start to listen to your body. Slow down your eating. Listen for those hunger and satiated cues. If we're going to talk about listening to our body... We need to talk about the difference between physical hunger, which is your body's actual need for food, and emotional hunger. Now, physical hunger generally comes on gently and can be postponed if needed. It's satisfied by any food type that you might eat. It means that you can stop when you feel full and there's no feeling of guilt with it. Now emotional hunger on the other hand feels very urgent or sudden. It causes cravings for specific foods. You can eat more than you normally would and there is a feeling of guilt associated with what you eat. So the next practical tip I've got for you is to consider your portions. Pay attention to the volume you dish up for yourself. Our Dinner plates alone these days can be so large. My suggestion is to take a little side or bread plate and sit it on top of your dinner plate to give you a guide of the total amount that you might want to look at filling of your dinner plate. So you don't want to fill your dinner plate to the edges. <laughs> you might want to look at that inner circle that's on um, some of the older-style dinner plates now. You also might want to think about, before heading back for seconds, give yourself some time to actually digest the food that you've already eaten. Listen for more hunger cues before going to get more food. Eliminate distractions. So here I'm talking about devices or the TV, which can distract the brain and the body and hunger signals can be missed by you. Take care of yourself. Get enough sleep, schedule exercise. Take time to get outdoors, to socialise and to unwind. Speak nicely to yourself and if you slip up with emotional eating, learn from it and move on. And lastly, my last practical tip for you is to be kind to yourself. Whatever has been stirred up for you emotionally won't be solved in the bottom of a chip packet. I know that it can be very difficult to face your emotional eating habits and often we don't realize it's happening, that mindless eating. Until well and truly afterwards. But being conscious of it is so important. I think talking about it is powerful too. So many of the clients I see have unknowingly created habits in their eating based on their emotions. Finding someone that you can talk to and can assist you through the initial part might be very handy. I usually give my clients some guidelines, things that look to make small habit changes initially, that try to increase their nutrient-dense food intake, something to support those emotions and with work and time, they can change those emotional eating habits. Emotions will come and go in our lives. We'll face times where things are harder for whatever reason than other times. Finding support and taking care of ourselves in these times is so important. If we can use food as it was originally intended, (laughs) as fuel for our body and not as a crutch for our emotions, then we can suddenly see all of the health benefits that we desire. The outcome of continued emotional eating is obviously developing medical conditions, such as obesity, type two diabetes, an eating disorder, digestive conditions, and increasing the risk of heart conditions, just to name a few. As you go about your week, look at the foods that you are eating. Look at the times of day you're eating. Maybe you're skipping lunch and yet feeling your face full of chocolate late at night. Look at the volume of food you're eating. Consider any emotions that are tied to your eating habits or food choices. And how are you really feeling emotionally? Take stock. Then think about including some of the practical tips that I've given you today And note how you then feel differently. My hope is that we can all find pleasure and balance in the foods that we eat. That we can take back some control and find an alternative way to support our bodies through emotional times. Let me know if you've found this topic that I have discussed today helpful. And of course, if you'd like to work with me on this or any other health complaints that you might be suffering with, I'd be more than happy to talk with you about it. Emotional eating is a big subject. It's something to really tackle and it does take work and it does take time. There are many influences that might have led us down the path of emotional eating, but it doesn't have to be this way we can take back some of that control we can choose the foods that our body needs that are required for all of our optimal functioning and we can also enjoy the foods that we're eating without any guilt associated to it now i want to ask that question one more time than i did at the start of today's episode Is your emotional eating stopping you from reaching your health goals? Okay, I'll leave you to ponder that one. Thank you again for listening to this, the fourth episode of the Evolved Health Podcast. I hope that you all have a great week and take care, everybody. Thank you. You have been listening to the Evolved Health Podcast with your host, Brooke Archer. You can find me on your socials at Evolved Nutrition or go to my website, evolvenutrition.com.au to work with me, check out my programs, delicious recipes and so much more. Thanks for listening.